0: I don't know that I'm going to preach so much as I'm just going to feed you word. I'm going to feed you word because the Bible says that our faith grows by hearing and, by he- and hearing through the word of God. So I'm just going to feed you the word, right? I'm going to feed you the word to build your faith, to put us in a posture and position to receive the shed blood of Jesus. And we are going to believe for a time of miracles. If you believe that, can you say amen? Exodus chapter 13 if I titled this message it would be this it would be it would be not facing detours and delays which I was going to preach that one but um, that would have been a good one but let me preach this other one I want to preach I want to preach sorry sorry I have to eat and run that's what I want to preach today sorry I have to eat and run let me remind you, just bring you up to speed on our story of 21 days of freedom and the Israelites. They were God's chosen people, and they went into a season of slavery and a bondage and oppression. And for 430 years, they started out, there was about 100 of them. By the time they finished, there was 600,000 men, so well over a million people, because your DNA, the DNA of God's people, is always that we multiply during times of oppression. But God heard their cries. He heard them. He saw them right where they were at, and and he heard their cries, and he said, this is not my ultimate destiny, and he remembered his promise. So he had an encounter. Moses had an encounter with the Lord in the wilderness. It was through the burning bush, and and Moses didn't get off to a great start. Moses started stuttering, and he started coming up with all of these excuses, and and we talked about this, but y'all, I'm so glad that God still chooses and uses people that stutter, I'm so glad that that God chooses and uses people that don't have it all put together, and that includes you, and that includes me. So even though Moses got off to a stuttering start, he walks into the to the palace and through these through these plagues, through these plagues, right? And we talked about how these plagues were not 10 failed attempts, but they were 10 steps, and in your journey to freedom, you need hope. You need hope. You need hope to rise up in your spirit and say, I can do this not because of who I am, but because of who God is. I can do this not only because of hope, but because of vision. I've got a vision for a preferred future. I've got I've got milk and honey ahead of me, and, and I'm going forward into the promised land. And I can do this not just because I have hope and not just because I have vision, but because I have steps. And that's what, what this 21 Days was really all about is especially as spirit-empowered Pentecostal people. We love that we love. Of a breakthrough service, but we don't always love steps. And so we taught through how we need steps to walk through our freedom. Some of these steps, let me just bring you up to speed again, where the, the first nine plagues was the, the, the Nile. The first plague plague was the Nile, and we learned that our provision is not in our chains. In the frogs, we learned that we choose the time of our freedom. Through the gnats, we discovered that often it's the Often it's the little things through the flies. That freedom requires physical distance. Let me just say, I feel that strongly for somebody today. The reason that you keep falling back into the same thing is you have to put physical distance in between the thing that you're wanting freedom from. So whether it's deleting a social media account, deleting somebody's uh, a number out of your phone, whether that's move whatever whatever that means for you, you have to put. The Bible says a three days journey. You have to put a three. Three day's journey, physical distance in between you and the thing that you're wanting freedom from. Through the plague of the livestock, we, we learned that there are great blessings that come with holiness. Through the boils, we found out that God is exposing and defeating the source of the counterfeit on our lives. Through the hail, the dif- difference between, we learned last week about the difference between storms and battles. Locus, the freedom that God is giving you will have multiplied generational impact. Darkness freedom isn't freedom until it affects your finances. But all of, all of this leads up. This is the moment right here. This is the moment. It's the, it's the 10th play. Next week when you watch the Super Bowl, I don't know if you're rooting for a team or against a person or against a team, or maybe you don't care. Maybe you're just rooting for more queso dip and hot wings. Like, I don't know what your stance is in all of this, but I I know that, like, you want your team to get out to a good start in the first quarter. You want them to be up at halftime. You want them to have a solid third quarter. But here's where it counts. It counts when those final ticks on the clock run off at the end of the fourth quarter. That's when it really counts. And, And all of these plagues and all of these steps, it leads up to this moment. This is where it counts this is where it counts and it's called the Passover and it's all about the blood of the lamb and so God's instructions to the house of Israel with that each of them had to take a lamb a pure spotless lamb and bring it into the house and then they had to slaughter the lamb and take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and if you were raised in Sunday school you're kind of shaking your head yeah if you're newer to church you're like what did I get myself into Like, are we gonna slaughter lambs? Like, what? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot. And even if you think, like, you've been in Sunday school for sixty years or, or, or whatever, you've been serving Jesus for. Like, there's a lot in there. Why are we killing animals? Why is there death? Why is there blood? Why are we smearing it on doorposts? And I think sometimes even as Christians, like, we hear these these phrases of the blood of the lamb and that get. But but do we know what it means? Do we really know what it means? So can I just. Can I just teach this a little bit through the word to build your faith so that when we receive communion and when we believe for miracles, our faith will will be built. Let's read this account first in Exodus chapter 12. The Bible says, these are your instructions for eating this meal. What meal? The Passover meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal in a hurry. That's where my title comes from. Come on, turn, turn to your neighbor and tell him, sorry, I have to eat and run. T- tell the person on the other side of you, sorry, I, ha- I have to eat and run. Say, Pastor, why do you have me tell that to my neighbor? Because that's what I want you to learn to tell the devil this week. You don't pray to the devil, but sometimes you got to talk to him. And when he come against you, comes against you in the area of finances, tries to remind you of financial bondage, I want, you to, I want you to learn. I want you to say, sorry, devil, but I, I have to eat and then I got to run. When he reminds you of your chains of past sin and condemnation and guilt, I'm sorry, devil, I don't, I'm not, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I've got to eat and then I've got to run. I'm going to eat the body of Jesus and I'm going to run out of my chains. When he tries to remind you and speak lies into your existence of, well, this blood might be for you, but it's not for your family. I'm sorry, devil, but I'm about to eat and run. And it's not just me, but my kids are following me. I got to eat and run. We're about to eat and run. You're not just going to walk away from your chains. You're going to run away from your, ch- from your chains. You're going to eat and run this morning. For this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. And I will execute judgment against all of the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord, but the blood, but the blood, say, but the blood, but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the house where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. So why the firstborn? Because it's always been about the firstborn. Do you know the reason that people end up in hell? It's not because of sins, plural. It's because of sin. You say, is there a difference? Yes, there's a difference. Do you know the reason why people are separated from God? It's not because of adultery or fornication or gluttony or greed, or gossip. Are all those things significant and important? Yeah. Should we do them? No. But that's not what separates you from God and sends anybody to hell. The reason that we're separated from God is because we are imparted. We carry a sin nature. You say, pastor, that doesn't sound right. It is right. Listen to the book of Romans. The apostle Paul breaks it down. 512 in Romans. Yes, Adam's one sin, one sin, one sin. Hold up number 1. One sin brings condemnation for who? For everyone. We're separated from God just by the virtue of being born into this world. Unfortunately, you have more in your family line than a crazy uncle that you're not proud of. You got Adam, and Adam messed you up. And you can be mad at Adam all you want, but Adam and Eve messed all of us up. And so we all come on equal footing, and that is way short of God's goodness. But watch this. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right. Relationship with God. See, if your bad acts don't keep you away from God, then your good acts don't bring you close to God. You were separated from God by one man's sin, but you're brought close to God by one man's righteousness. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's why it's always been about the firstborn. It's the firstborn. It's the firstborn. Jesus Christ is the new firstborn of all humanity. Well, why a lamb, Pastor? Why a lamb? Exodus 12, 5 through 6, the animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. And then the whole assembly must slaughter the lamb, must slaughter the lamb. See, the lamb had to be without defect. The lamb had to be brought close. It had to be a spotless spotless lamb. Do you, do you see it? Because in the New Testament, then Peter says this, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ. It was the blood of Christ, the sinless and spotless lamb of of God. Do you know this? Peter compared the blood of Jesus to gold and silver and Peter said gold and silver lose their their value. That means for the believer that the blood of Jesus gains value in your life. Do you hear me believer? The blood of Jesus is not just what brought you into salvation and then you leave it at the altar and and live the rest of your Christian life on your own. You started with the blood and you got to stay with the blood and the Blood doesn't lose value, it gains value. The blood of Jesus is more powerful in your life today than it was ever in in the history of existence. We need the blood of Jesus from that perfect, spotless lamb, pastor, but why death? Why death? This seems so unnecessary because church, somebody has to pay the price. See, God is gracious. God is loving. God is merciful, but he is also holy and just. So when Adam sinned, he didn't say, he couldn't say, oh, you knucklehead, don't worry about it. Just come on into heaven. It, there had to be a, a, a price that was paid for this. Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and then why blood? Because that blood that the Israelites took that hyssop branch and dipped into the blood of the lamb and put on their doorposts will serve as a sign. It will mark you. It will mark you. You are marked today. Your family is marked today. It marks the house. Our church is a church where the house is marked. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. When we when we wrote these devotionals, we used two voices. We used the the voice of the enemy that was echoing the voice of Pharaoh in this account, and then we used the voice of God. I want to I reread you this account, and if the people that are, are praying uh, would come up and join me on the stage, if you'll take your elements and just... Hold them in your hand at this time. Let me, let me read this to you before we pray because the voice of the enemy would try to say something like this in your life. Our counterfeit has been uncovered. Our lies have been called out. They've discovered our kryptonite. The one thing that we have zero power over, those who are under the blood. If someone is under the blood of Jesus, if their sin is under the blood of Jesus, then we are truly defeated. The only thing that we can do at this point is to bring lies and false accusations to desperately try to remind them of their past sins and failures. But if they plead the blood, if they remind us that they are under the blood, turn and run. You have no power or authority and you will be destroyed. The voice of the father may sound something like this. My son, my daughter. I have provided the perfect lamb for you. His blood is available for you and your family. I will cover you and cleanse you. I will protect you. The destroying angel will not come near you or near your tent. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you of all your sin and iniquity. There is nothing that you have done or could ever do that if confessed to me, stands up to the blood of Jesus. And when the enemy accuses you of past faults and failures, sins that have been confessed and are under the blood, that is not a charge against you. That's a charge against me. The enemy is saying the blood of Jesus isn't good enough to cleanse your sins. My child, I don't take that kind of affront lightly. My blood is sufficient. It's sufficient to cleanse you, to heal you, to protect you, to restore you. If you simply confess your sins to me, I will place you under the blood of Jesus. Those of you joining us online at home, we encourage you, grab a cracker, grab juice, grab whatever's close. The Lord knows your heart. A couple uh, of days ago, Camden and I had the privilege of having dinner with close friends. We were up in Kannapolis. They were pastors that had come down from Illinois. And, and they were touring the Dream Center. And our team was, was sharing with them some things that we've learned about the Dream Center and just sharing the testimonies of God. And they said, boy, thank you for being such gracious hosts. We want to we pay for dinner. Well, that sounded like a good idea to me. I didn't hesitate. I said, you've heard from Jesus. I, re- I received that blessing. And so we were going to let them pay for dinner at a pretty good restaurant. And, and, but here's, here was the thing. Our kids were home. Kate and Anna were at home. And so what Cameron and I did is after the server had left and we were eating our meal, we called the server over and we ordered another couple of meals to go. And we were going to pay for our kids' meals. Well, when the server came to collect the bills, we slid the server our card and the couple looked at us. They said, what, what are you doing? We got this. And we tried to explain of, well, we got, we got the kids. And, and they tried to pay, and we wouldn't let them. And so the server left. And the wife got up from the table. She was super sneaky about it. I thought she was just going to the restroom. But she comes back. She comes back and she throws our card on the table. And she said, I said, we got this. I said, we got this. I wonder how many times, church, that we trust God for our salvation. But then we try to keep something to ourselves. Maybe we try to say, but God, I got my healing. Or or, I got my protection for my kids. Or I got what I just feel like the Lord is reminding us today. Is God is saying, I got this. I got this. I paid it all. Take your credit card back. It's no good here. God's got this. And so whether it's for your physical healing, your protection, your freedom, or for your salvation, let's posture ourselves right now to receive a miracle.
1: On January the 6th, we received a text message from a daughter of a lady named Nettie and she said please pray for my mom she's not doing too well she has COVID and and we just want your prayers so we started praying within 10 days she was on a ventilator and and the daughter calls and says please pray for mom she's on the ventilator she's she's not 100% on the oxygen but please pray for mom So we're praying. We're praying for the windows of heaven to open up and bring down to earth her healing that's already been done there. We're praying, and then she sends us another message. She's 100% on the ventilator. She's 100% on the oxygen. Like, she's sedated. It's not looking good. We're praying. We're praying. Within a day, she sends us a message and says, Mom's coming off the ventilator. They're reducing the oxygen. Within a day, she was completely off the ventilator. And the doctor said, It's a miracle. It's a miracle. But then <laughs> that night, she took a turn for the worse. We've heard the stories. So we pray again. We're praying again. and (laughs) She was on the end of life list. Twice she was on the end of life list. We keep praying. We keep visualizing her healing. Today, she is coming off the oxygen. She's becoming more and more alert. And to you that may not sound like much, But if you're in the medical field, you know, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. God is healing her body. But he wants to heal your body too. If you are dealing with some kind of illness, infirmity, sickness, can you please just visualize your healing? There's been a teaching that we've received for years. It's so good. Because as we were praying for Nettie, we begin to visualize her dancing like she loves to do. We begin to visualize her smiling and singing like she loves to do. When you begin to visualize your health, you are seeing heaven come to earth. You're seeing a glimpse of heaven. So whatever you're dealing with this morning, I want you to begin to visualize yourself as healed and whole. I want to start the prayer for you with a, with a version of the Lord's Prayer. But if you're in need of prayer today for healing, would you just lift up your hand? If you're online and you need healing, would you just drop it in the chat? Because we want to pray with you And we are believing for your miracle today. Would you pray with me? Our Father, dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it's fulfilled in heaven. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus that was shed for our healing, for our protection over every person who is seeking your face, who is seeking the throne room of heaven for their healing. I pray for that healing now and I command it to be manifest in Jesus' name. I pray for those portals of heaven to open up and the healing that's for each of us will manifest now. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you love us so much that you're wanting to heal us and set us free from that infirmity, from that sickness. And we receive it in Jesus' name.
2: After I hung some pictures, I had a meal, and then I traded in my man card to play with some Barbies and my granddaughters. We're going to partake in this communion. It says, Do this in remembrance of me. Can you remember the hand of God in your family? Can you remember when God came through when no one else could? You see, it was five years ago when little Macy was diagnosed with hypoplastic right heart syndrome and we just had her fifth birthday and she's been through three surgeries and she's healthy, she's whole. God not only brought healing, God brought protection to that little girl. On my right hand you see this red ring that I have worn since that day and it's not just my Macy ring, it's my kids and my grandkids ring because it's a remembrance of me pleading the blood over my family and trusting God to protect them from their stinking thinking, to protect them from all evil, to protect them in the midst of. Hindsight's twenty twenty. when you take time to look in the rearview mirror and as we look in the windshield of life we have a bunch of unknowns. But God has carried that little girl. Let's use it for an analogy. Not only did He bring healing to her, Pastor Doug, He provided the right people. I'm not confident all those surgeons were heathens or Christians. But they were provided by God to give the best for my little girl. He provided nurses that cared when I couldn't care. And on top of it all, He sent His angels to be encompassed around that little girl in that room when she was all alone. And they carry that today. Let me give you a word of encouragement as we pray for the protection. I sit down with all my kids and I tell them they're all my favorite. The littlest one now calls me in and says, Pop, I love you the most in the whole world. Don't tell anybody. When I sit down with little Macy, you see the tip of her scar in every outfit. And she says, Pop, do you see my scar? I says, it's the most beautiful scar in the world, little girl. She puts her head in tight, and she says, I love it when you say that, Pop. So maybe now in your family, there's an open wound oozing for one of your kids. There's an open wound. God's in the business of bringing healing to it. And he's in the business of protecting your kids, your family, and whatever else you need. And if it's in this room, you say, I've got some kids that are wayward. I've got some family members that I've been praying for, and I need the protection of God. So this red ring isn't just a a red ring that I forget. Every time I look at it, I remember to pray for the hearts of every one of my kids and grandkids and for the protection of God over their lives. So if you've got somebody you want to plead the blood over, that you want the protection of God, you want the hand of God in them, in the midst of their stinking thinking, in the midst of their junk. God is faithful. God is able. And if you're online, drop it in the chat. And let's lift a hand right now. If there's somebody that you just believe in, God needs to keep their hand on right now, the a hedge of protection. We need the angels of glory to be all around. Let's believe it right now, Father. We love you. We petition you right now for the lives of our kids, Lords. Those that are walking with you, those that are away from you, would you send your angels to be encompassed around them? As we think about those that are represented with these hands and in this chat. We rest assured in the promises of you. And we're trusting you to put a hedge of protection around them, Father. And Just like we're called to remembrance. At this holy moment, this moment that the church refers to as an ordinance. We take the bread. We break it. And we remember your words to say on this, that said on the same night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and broke it. He called us to partake of it and to do it in remembrance of me. So Father, we remember the way you've protected and kept us. And by faith, we're trusting you for the protection that you're going to bring right now to those in our families and in our lives that need it. And we partake of this bread in remembrance of you.
3: There's a lot of us that are that are bound up to something. We need freedom. My wife and I work with a lot of people and, and it seems to be a, a trend. There's a lot of anger a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of sinful acts. And so I had a call the other day from a guy that was dealing with pornography and anger in his home, and, and he just broke down, and he said, you know, I never in my life thought, I, I've stopped doing those things, I've stopped looking at the sites, but I never thought that I would never have the desire again. Jesus not only helped me to not go there, but he took the desire away. And he said, and I got into it with a guy the other day at the store and he got in my face and I just smiled and said, you know what? Jesus is greater. And he walked off. He said, I cannot believe that I did not just break out in anger. He said, that's freedom. That's freedom. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, that's freedom. God can just take that away and give you That freedom. So if you're dealing with something right now, anger, anxiety, some kind of pain or past hurt, whatever it is in your life right now that you need freedom from, you're still in those chains. It's okay, we all have some, but today is the day to lay them down and to run. So today, just as a sign to God, as we bow our heads, sign to God and say, Lord, I need free from this bondage. Lord, you see all the hands around here. You see in the chat boxes, they're dropping in there. I need freedom from. Lord, this man, preacher standing before you, has had to battle some of those same things, God. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room, God, as they face those challenges and they face those chains, Lord, that they will take and eat and they will run because you are the only one that gives true freedom. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray
0: before we take the cup as you stand in this place. Is there anybody in the house today? Is there anybody in the house today that you've been trying to pay for your salvation with your own credit card, with your own good works? By receiving the shed blood of Jesus, you don't have to do that any longer. You can receive his grace, his mercy that is available to you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's somebody in the house today, watching online today that's away from God, you've been you've been saying, and I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to to work my way into God's grace. You don't have to do that. Jesus would say to you, he's paid it all. And all you have to do is say a prayer, something like this, Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus name. Let's take the cup together. And after that, let's just lift our hands, lift our voices and begin to declare this. Let's sing this one more time. Sing this one time together, church. Come on, thank him for the blood of Jesus in this place.